Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 56th episode, I'm happy to be joined by artist Liz Tran, who comes to us on the West Coast. She's out in the Seattle area. We talk at great length about her studio practice, which incorporates a lot of painting, watercolor, um, layering, and 2D work, but also some ceramics and some recent video work that she's done on some of the residents that she's at. Of course, you can check out more of her work by visiting LizTran.com, which is always a great thing to do before the interview, but I also want to remind you that she has a two-person show up right now with Katie Krantz called Symbiosis at Seward Park Clay Studio Gallery in Seattle. For those of you that haven't heard of Studio Break before, we are a podcast and blog website that features a variety of contemporary artists coming on to talk to me about their work, their studio practice, materials that they use, new ideas, and all sorts of good stuff. And again, each of those blog entries, you can click the episode number to listen to the audio interview, or you can check it out in the iTunes store and search for Studio Break on our podcast and subscribe there. Each of our blog posts, again, have images of the artist's work along with links to their website. We have been doing this for a bit, so if you look on the left sidebar, you can see in the archive function, we have over 70 different podcasts. Again, some of those are longer, some of those shorter, but we hope that you go ahead and check them out. There's a lot of great artists on there, and also... If you're an aspiring student artist, an emerging artist, we hope that you check out the 2013 competition, which is now open. Again, closes May 31st. And again, there's a variety of awards and show opportunities and interview opportunities. So go ahead, look to the left sidebar, and just click on the 2013 competition, find out who our juror is and what some of these prizes are. So go ahead and do that. All right, everyone. Liz Tran is coming up. Stay tuned. All right, welcome to Studio Break. I'm happy to be joined in the studio, or at least via the Skype channel, with Liz Tran. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, and um, hopefully we don't have any of those gunshots that you're talking about. (laughs) Um, It's too nice of a day for that, I think. Excellent, excellent. And so just to remind our listeners, uh, where are you you out of currently uh, doing this interview? I am out of the Central District in Seattle. Awesome, awesome. And, um, you know, we like to provide a lot of information in these uh, interviews, so we generally start way back at the beginning. Uh, so could, are, are you from um, that area? Um, not really. I'm from Oregon. I was born in Eugene, Oregon, which is about uh, six hours south of Seattle. It's a college town, home to the University of Oregon. And so how, how long did you, did you, you know, spend most of your young adult life there? And Yeah, I was there up until I was about 20. I wanted to leave much earlier than that, but um, my husband was in school there, so we were waiting for him to finish up at the U of O. Um, so then I moved to Seattle when I was 20 to go to Cornish College of the Arts, and I always knew I wanted to live here for some reason. Um, I was always drawn to Seattle. So I just stayed after school and, um, I think I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. Probably. Well, that, that makes at least, um, some of your decision-making easier. I would, I would say. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's that's like the one. Well, maybe I have one or two solid things in my life, but I'm also a bit of a traveler too. So, right, right, and I know that we'll you know be getting all over the uh, the residency circuit, which you seem to be <laughs> perpetually on. Um, but you know, I, I always like to find out you know how invested you know artists were you know in the beginning. Were you were you always someone that you know wanted to to paint and draw? Yeah, always. Um, ever since I can remember. Uh, that's always been something that I've done and it's always been, art has always been something that, you know, I've always identified myself kind of as an artist, uh, from an early age, even in high school, I ended up, uh, getting locked into the ceramics and art room when I wasn't doing very well in other classes and just skipping a bunch of classes and making artwork and, you know, it's always, it's always been my focus. I've dabbled in other things, but art has been the one, the one focus that I have maintained throughout childhood and adulthood. Well, and, and do you find now, especially, and I guess this is one of the other questions that I always bring up is just, you know, there's so many different cycles that tend to run through work and, you know, life experiences. Do you find that growing up in Oregon was, um, you know, something that was, you know, imprinted on the way that you think about art in terms of, I guess, exploring landscape, or is that something that's kind of unrelated or I don't know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely relates to the work that I'm making now still. I mean, the Northwest, you know, you be it Eugene or Seattle is just such a stunningly beautiful area of the country. So I definitely am inspired by landscape. Um, and as far as being inspired by Eugene as a town, I, I'm hesitant to admit it, but I think I, I am in some ways. It's kind of a, a hippie culture, um, more crafts than fine arts, but a lot of tie-dye, a lot of bright colors, and a lot of hippies running around. And I, I, can, I, I shun that for a long time. But I can see that coming out in my work, definitely. I can see that. So, you know, there is some, like, 60s, 70s hippie influence for sure. <laughs> well, and, and so, you know, did you take, like, the, the regular gamut of courses in terms of, you know, getting, getting into, you know, arts and crafts and, and stuff when you were younger? But then also, you know, in high school, were you taking art classes? Did they have a lot of art programs for you there? Um, yeah, I, you know, I got to be friends with the art instructor there and she really was helpful in guiding me. And I, yeah, I was really, that was the one thing that I was really focused on. And I had a lot of trouble in high school as far as, um, even just going. And I ended up dropping out, uh, when I was 15 and, enrolling in community college instead so I could take college courses to finish my high school diploma. And once I started doing that, I became much more engaged and took a lot of art courses um, amongst other things. And it was great to be with uh, people of all different ages and and have more rigorous uh, arts education. Even though it was community college, it really, it really was helpful uh, to, to who I am today. I learned a lot about composition, about materials. Um, people would run out of the classroom crying. Like, you know, it was, it was actually pretty, pretty tough. We had some great teachers there. And was it there that you decided that you were going to do this or did you, you know, you, you've kind of said that you've always wanted to know, or you've always known that you wanted to do it, but 
you know, most, most of the time there's some kind of hesitation when, uh, you know, parents or whomever are kind of wondering, how are you going to make a living at this? But was it something that you just knew then still that you were going to, you're going to do this? Yeah, I did. I did. And in fact, pretty soon on, I, you know, I would band up with other artists and we would have sales, you know, where we'd sell our artwork at people's houses. Um, and also really early on, I started exhibiting my work and the first, the first time I exhibited it, it was at the University of Oregon Art Museum, and I was 15 at that time, and I was uh, still at in in regular high school. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it definitely I, I I knew that was what I was going to do, and my parents were very supportive. They're not really practically or money focused. Um, they didn't really you know, they, they thought I should do what I enjoyed doing and what I could put my heart into basically. So I was really lucky in that aspect. Well, and so what was it like then when you decided to go and get your, your undergraduate degree and, and to kind of be in that environment and, you know, continue after community college? It was interesting because, you know, Eugene is a fairly small town and I was so nervous. I remember the day that I, uh, went to interview, you had to interview in person with your portfolio and everything over at Cornish, you know, just thinking I, I had been in very few galleries even in my life because there's very, there's a couple hippie galleries in Eugene. I don't even think they exist anymore. Um, I had really limited like professional art experience. Um, so I came up to Cornish and I was really nervous, um, but ended up hitting it off really well with the people that worked there. And, uh, and I really enjoyed my time there. And I was, I was thankful for the background that I had. And also I, I felt like I knew exactly what I wanted to get out of it. And uh, it was, it was great. Well, it's interesting because I think a lot of times, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, an age range, um, where, you know, a lot of, a lot of other, you know, young aspiring students or artists, you know, might be in the complete opposite situation. So it's very interesting to come to it with all this experience. Did you, did you work with a lot of different kinds of, you know, different peers and, and faculty in terms of exploring, you know, what else, what you could do in addition to what you've already brought there? Yeah, the the departments. I, I would have liked it to be more interdisciplinary. There, um, the departments weren't that well connected. I believe they are now. Yeah, it, it was exciting. It was exciting also to even just have a decent museum to go to or to learn about all these artists that I never heard about. And what did the what did the work look like at the time? Because you know we've talked a little bit about you know what it work looks like now, and certainly anybody that's listening should you know, go check out your website to, to see more of it. But, you know, what, what were you interested in at the time? Um, it was a little more subdued than it is now. Um, but I did develop, uh, the medium that I use. I, I have kind of a strange way of putting my paintings together and that definitely began while I was in school. Um, but my early work, it was, a, it was small and a little hesitant. I mean, I, but it's, it's, it's still, I can see the relationship between my previous work and the work that, that I make now. Well, and I'm curious too, when, when did you start thinking about the idea of working in series? Cause again, when you, when you visit, you know, even just now, I mean, it's not, it, 
you're, you've got maybe a couple of years of work, but each of those bodies of work that you have over the couple of years has, you know, 20 some pieces in it. Have yeah. you always been kind of like in, in this mode of like producing a lot in series? Yeah. And also the back and forth some, but, uh, I tend to get obsessed with one thing and I just stick with it for a while until, you know, I basically killed the subject. <laughs> And then I go on to something else. Um, one of my most recent series is is uh, paintings of water. And that came to me because of dreams that I was having. I was having these dreams over and over and over again about uh, these tidal waves coming at me. and Or either that or swimming. Um, I just water dreams every single night. So... I felt like, and a lot of them were kind of scary. And so I felt like I had to actually get that outside of my head, therefore putting it on paper. A lot of my work is very therapeutic in that aspect. Um, I'm taking internal things and and transforming them into something that's uh, non-threatening on the canvas. Well, and I think also just the the language that you've developed over the the course of all those bodies of work, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, mixed media techniques. Could you, you know, discuss a little bit about, you know, maybe your process in terms of, were you always working on paper? Did you, do you have like specific materials that you tend to, to stick in or do you just kind of work with everything? Right. I have very specific materials and I've just kind of developed it over time. Um, I tend to work on wood panels and I think that goes back to my boat building days. I used to build boats. Um, it was a family business and, you know, I love woodworking. I love wood. Um, so painting on wood felt quite natural to me. Um, so I start with a wood panel and I gesso it and then I cover it with layers and layers of a very thin, uh, Chinese paper that's made for sumo for, uh, sumi ink. Mm-hmm. And, then I use acrylic ink, acrylic paint, uh, graphite, uh, colored pencil, crayon, and I will also carve into my paintings. Um, I have a Japanese carving set that I used uh, back in college for making woodcuts, but now I use it to carve into my paintings. And I'll also add hand-printed elements to my paintings and typically they have a finish of beeswax on them as well. Interesting. Interesting. And so, you know, how, how did that, I guess, formal language um, develop and I guess continue along the way? I mean, do you, you kind of said that before that you kind of will jump, you know, from series to series. um, But I mean, you know, as you've kind of developed it, has it just kind of, I don't know, I'm trying to get a handle of, um, how those things change over a period of time, you know, what you become interested in, how you develop certain shapes or repeat certain shapes or utilize techniques. I mean, how do you, how do you find a way to keep it fresh and and interesting for you each time that you start a a new piece? Uh, It's, it's all intuitive and it's also always a battle. And um, I'll just start by a mark making and then whatever comes out, comes out. I mean, granted all, if I have a show that I'm getting ready for, I'll kind of know what size and what series I'm working on because I want it to be cohesive. But, um, it, it's just kind of whatever comes out of my mind. 
And a lot of times, I mean, it is so internal and it, a lot of times it relates back to my struggles with mental illness and, um, the imagery, uh, symbolizes where I'm going, uh, mentally. So like the mountains that I, 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 the, the egg kind of shape and the mountain shapes, those represent for me obstacles that I need to overcome. Um, it's, my work is very selfish. It's, it's, it's what I want to make for myself. It's what I want to look at. It's, it's what helps me, you know, live to the next day basically. And that's how the imagery comes out intuitively. Well, what's your, you know, what's your like routine like? I mean, do you, you know, since, since, since you've talked about it as, as something that you're kind of working through, um, you know, and I can imagine again, that, that way that you're, you're kind of slowly building up an image, you know, from that intuitive mode. And again, it's, it's interesting to me. It's something that I used to do, um, and work exclusive with. So I'm, I'm right there with you, but, um, you know, like, is this something that you kind of have like a, um, you know, you try to get in by a certain time and start working. Is it something that if you miss a couple of days, things start to kind of feel off? Yeah, it's, I wish I had that nine to five schedule. I really admire people that do. Um, I tend to work in, in kind of in bursts. So I'll work, you know, 80 hours a week for a few weeks, or I'll take a couple of weeks off uh, because I have to really feel the painting before I, I make it. So if, if I'm not feeling right with working in the studio, you know, I'll do, I'll sweep, I'll do so I'll do other things, but I just can't make the work quite yet. It isn't there yet. Um, but doing residencies has helped me to kind of escape daily life and just really focus on, on my pieces for an extended period of time. Well, and it brings up an interesting point too. So, I mean, you know, you're normally living then in, in the uh, Seattle area and then um, often you're, you're, you're leaving on these, these residencies. So could you talk a little bit about just what those, those differences are like? And obviously you kind of mapped them out, you know, a little bit, but I mean, what's it like then when you're, when you're kind of going to a different place, is there a way that, that new place kind of imprints itself on the work or is that something that maybe we don't even notice? Yeah. I mean, I think it's subtle, but it definitely influences the work. Um, my studio here is out of my home. It's, it's downstairs. It's, it's kind of a basement slash garage and I'm pretty isolated down there. So it's really exciting to go some, to some other place where I'm surrounded with, with other artists. And I really miss that about being in school, the, ex the exchange, you know, I have with other artists in their studios. So, um, it influences my work in that aspect where I can get a lot of really good feedback, um, be inspired by different people who are at the residency, uh, you know, learn new techniques. Uh, like for instance, when I was the first time I went to Iceland for a residency, you know, I made, I made a video, which I'd never done any video work, but, uh, there was a woman there who that was kind of her specialty. So she helped me with it. Um, so it really opens doors in that aspect and it's, it's really great for doing, doing something new. And there's something about, you're not surrounded by what's familiar to you. So you're more willing to take risks, if that makes any sense. Oh, completely. 
Yeah. Um, so that's really helpful too. So it's not only the time it's, I, I am inspired by the place and, and definitely, I mean, of course, how could I not be inspired by the landscape in a place like Iceland or Wyoming or, you know, in Champagne region of France, it's landscape always, always inspires me too. And, and when you go to a new place, then, um, are you, how do you, how do you interact with it? I mean, do you, you know, walk around, take hikes, do you take pictures or sketch or draw or all of the above or? I never sketch. It's so strange. I've never enjoyed sketching. I go straight, (laughs) I go straight to my paintings. I don't keep a sketchbook. I hate sketching. Uh, maybe I should, I don't know, maybe it'd make my work better, but I just don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, I do spend a lot of time outdoors uh, in Iceland, I spent a lot of time pacing back and forth along, along the water, uh, and picking up odds and ends that have washed ashore on the beach. It's kind of this, it's this meditative thing. And now, and now the, the pieces of ceramic and glass that I found have started to make their way into my, into my work as well. Right. And the most, most recent kind of like installation based pieces, is that right? Yeah, and I think I'm heading more in that direction, um, but I never know until, like, even after I make the work, I never know exactly what it's about or what I'm doing. It takes a while for it to marinate. Just to kind of differentiate between the two, I mean, obviously, some of the some of the motifs get kind of carried over in the installations, but then, you know, you're kind of incorporating you know, the, the, the gallery space or the space that it's exhibiting in, you know, you have to kind of utilize the walls. Um, mm-hmm. what, I don't know, what, what is it about the, the 3D-ness of the, I guess the other side of your studio practice that you can, you kind of incorporate or is there a, try, just trying to get a handle on the way that you start to incorporate these, the 3D elements into the, you know, the painted elements. Yeah. I mean, well, I started doing 3D work a few years ago. Um, I just got completely, burn out with painting and I, I didn't want to see another painting. Um, so I started taking classes at the Seward Park Clay Studio, which is about a 15 minute drive from my house and it's right on the water. It's a beautiful place and in this big park. And, uh, and that's, that's how I got started. And I just became addicted to making three dimensional work. Uh, since then, I think a lot of it is, uh, the relationship that the viewer has with it is also more physical and easier to be more present with the three-dimensional work. At least it is for me. And also it aids in creating a whole environment and also scale does that as well. I also am starting to work much larger too, where I just, I want to create this whole world to engage the viewer in, uh, well, and it seems like those those you know those forms are very relatable to the other bodies of work that you've been kind of developing. You know, they they all seem to kind of you know mingle very very well together. Definitely, definitely. Like the mountain series that I did, I after coming back from Iceland the last time, I did a bunch of other mountains and volcanoes, and uh, they in the exhibit that they're in right now, symbiosis is the title. Uh, I'm displaying my paintings with, with the sculptures that I've made. And I've actually never done that before. Uh, so 
I am displaying them with shelves underneath them and then the with shelves underneath the paintings and then the sculptures actually become a part of the painting. The painting is almost a, a backdrop for the sculptural work. In some ways, it makes the painting less precious, I guess. Well, and I'm curious, too, how, how, how have you adopted some of the techniques that you've, you know, developed in, in your 2D work? Um, is, there, is there a way that, you know, that you color or, I mean, do you paint or, you know, glaze and fire these pieces or? Yeah, I do both. Um, I started out doing just mostly glazing and I think I used about every single glaze and underglaze that the glaze studio had. Right. Um, yeah, I tend to like color a lot. And more recently, though, I have been actually painting on just bare ceramic. Well, it's it's interesting because, it you know, it seems like there's a lot of possibilities then in terms of playing around, you know, what, with what you can do with materials. Is that, you know, something that you're always kind of, I don't know, exploring as well? Because, you know, there's, like I said before, I mean, there's certain motifs or, you know... Um, in certain paintings that are kind of carried over or brought in? I mean, how, how does technique play into things in terms of just experimenting? Are you trying to, to find new ways to, to kind of make things, I don't know, exciting looking, or at least it's, it's an interesting thing to think about for me. I mean, I think I'm just trying to uh, go along with the dialogue that I'm already making and just push it as much as possible. Is there anything that you kind of do that you were surprised by? Maybe, you know, tried and failed and then got it to work or, you know, strange, strange things that, that you're embarrassed about, but, you know, I'm trying to pry out of you now. It's like every single painting and sculptural work I make, it's always a battle and it goes, you know, there's always embarrassing moments where I am so happy that there's no one in my studio <laughs> what I'm doing, you know? Um, but as far as public embarrassment, there hasn't been that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've made a fair amount of ugly in my life, but it always leads to something that, you know, will excite me and lead me in a new direction or lead me to create a new body of work. Well, and it makes me wonder too, um, you know, and just and just thinking about the, you know, the service that you've been talking about, you know, we've been talking about some of the residencies that you've done. You know, when, when I met you back in, I think, 1920 at um, Vermont Studio Center, um, you know, you were working also on, on, like, large rolls of paper. So are there differences in terms of the way that you process things based on the materials that you're using? It's, it's, it's different. Um Paper is less forgiving for me, and I tend to take it a lot uh, with me a lot on residencies just because it's I can have giant rolls of paper and and be able to make large paintings without having to deal with shipping, especially for international um, but yeah, a big white sheet of paper can often frighten me <laughs> uh, yeah, whereas with my paintings, I have this whole, I guess I have this whole procedure where I'm kind of protecting myself or making it less intimidating by actually incorporating just chance in the beginning by, by putting down the layers and layers of, uh, of the Chinese paper onto the panel, the paper actually 
starts to make shapes on its own or by chance. Um, so it's not as intimidating to make that first mark. But I remember at the Vermont Studio Center, I think, yeah, it was when you were there, there was, I was working on a painting that was 10 feet by four feet, something like that. And starting that, I mean, it was pretty scary for, until I got to about halfway through, through the painting. Um, yeah, that, that bright white. But it, it makes you wonder then too, I don't know how, how that layering kind of works in there. So, you know, as you're working through, are you also, you know, like if you've got a, a if you put down a color that's too intense, are you also kind of working over the top of it so it becomes more subtle? How do some of the things develop in terms of the way that you start painting through it? You know, if you were to kind of give a little bit of a play-by-play. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, with with paper, it's less forgiving. So I'm, I am I tend to overkill it pretty easily. Um, but with my panels, it's just, it's back and forth. Um, it's a lot of pushing and pushing and then taking pieces away. And I can take pieces away in those because I'm actually carving into them and peeling really thin layers off of it, um, which also creates a really great uh, texture. So if you were to feel one of my paintings, you would be able to feel every every little area that I've taken away from or carved out. Well, and the, are the surfaces always kind of like built up or carved into, or or do you ever, you know, sand into your paintings or? And sometimes, yeah, I'll sand. Um, it's, it, it's not that, I mean, they don't like protrude like inches from the canvas. Oh, or, sure, sure. But, um. Yeah, sometimes I'll sand my pieces. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty subtle, um, but it is there. And that's something that I miss when I'm working with paper. I think paper is great for for organizing my ideas and thoughts. And maybe that's kind of my way of sketching. Uh, but the panels definitely have have more possibility to them, and they they're kind of I guess they're dimensional in, in their own way. I guess I, I was making dimensional work, uh, with my paintings, but now it's become much more so through my sculptures. Well, and so I don't know, how, how is it that, you know, in terms of some of the, the ways that you're trying to incorporate more of the, the sculptural elements, I mean, um, is it again, just kind of trying to get an idea or a feeling about, you know, like what kind of motif you're going to do and then just kind of, you know, being let loose in a residency or in the studio and just kind of working through it? Or does it change, I guess, depending on, like, what kind of show you have? Well, for the video that I made during a residency, I actually brought these little ceramic pieces um, that I had made. I call them my creatures, and they're these really bizarre shapes, and I anthropomorphized them a bit and they turned into characters for this video and uh, I had them parachuting in uh, with a bunch of volcanoes in the background and whatnot. I like the idea I'll probably push this more in the future of of creating a narrative through sculpture and painting it's interesting because, you know, that, that idea of video then kind of brings in, um, you know, an element of time, you know, or as you're talking about like a narrative, I mean, 
Um, is there, is there anything that you have kind of, uh, I don't know, brewing in your mind that you're kind of anxious to get to? I know that you talked about a, a residency that you have coming up in, I think, June. Yeah, yeah. That's in uh, northern Iceland, really near the Arctic Circle. It's right on the water. Um, yeah, I'd like to play more with video. I'm really, a few years back, I saw an exhibition of Alexander Calder's, and I I fell in love with his circusy type videos that he'd made, um, which were super, super simple, just really basic, but so playful and so fun. And I, you know, I'd like to make my own imagery and my own just almost childlike kind of crude videos, uh, just come up with something, not, I, I don't want to prepare, spend a bunch of time preparing. I just want to make, make, make. Well, and it's interesting too to to you know, and something that maybe we've talked a little bit about. Um, but you know, I'm interested in the way that you know color might work in something like that when it's you know um, a projected image or you know something that's on a screen as opposed to you know the kind of color that you've been using. So I, I guess since I brought that word color up, I mean, what do you think about it in terms of uh, how you use color? I mean, obviously there's probably an element that's therapeutic, but how do you find ways to kind of keep it reinvented within that, um, the colors that you have been using and are, are interested in? Well, I'm always excited about new colors that are coming out or new types of paint. Um, and there are a lot of new things coming out all the time, especially with, I, I use mostly water-based, uh, paint. Uh, like for instance, I've been really into, uh, neon paint and I've been using a lot of that, although it tends to fade. So I always have to back it up with something, but yeah. So when I travel, one of the first things I'll do is go to the art supply store and check out what they have. Um, I'm, I'm a supply nerd. I, I'm obsessed with different paints and I use a lot of paints that are meant for, you know, the design industry or for airbrushing, not necessarily for fine art. Is there anything that you've been particularly surprised with that you, that you never thought that you would use and you're just like, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of things. Um, there's, there's iridescent paint, you know, like metallic paint, which I always thought was so cheesy. And I always made fun of people that used it. I'm using that now all the time. Um, I just started using gold paint. Um, and I think I may have to incorporate spray paint pretty soon here. So I like to use as many different materials as I can get my hands on. Well, and it seems to me too, like the, the way that the, the surface works in them or the way that, you know, all these, all these shapes kind of come out of them, um, that with, you know, combining all these different materials, but then also all these different techniques, you kind of always then, I don't know, find new ways to kind of keep making. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And it would be so scary if, um, that went away, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a curious person. I'm a curious person and I always like to find new ways to do things. And yeah, the, unfortunately there's always new things happening in the world and, new materials being made. So it works out pretty well. You know, so, you know, we were talking about all these different bodies of work that you're making. And again, um, you know, just visiting the site, there's so many different works um, in terms of the bodies, but then you're also uh, just 
racking up a huge number of things. So, you know, what are some of the, the places that you've been exhibiting lately? And, and can you talk about, um, you know, again, I know that you just had one that I think came down, but then you also have one that's, uh, that just came up. So the last show I had was at Adobe, you know, as in Adobe Photoshop, um, uh, their headquarters here in Seattle. And it's a really beautiful space, uh, in a corporate environment. So that's always a little odd for me to see my crazy uh, work in that corporate setting, but uh, it's a great venue. And I was, I exhibited about 15 pieces from my um, Enfold series, which is a series of paintings that I did after spending some time in a really, really cold region after a giant snowstorm and it downed a whole lot of trees. And I just, it was the, around the beginning of, of, uh, Nida, you know, the movement where they cover, uh, they're covering everything with yarn now, yarn bombing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is at the very beginning of it. And so I did a whole series of paintings of trees. I, I don't knit. Um, so I, I kind of, I paint bomb them, I guess, on my canvas, uh, really colorful trees. So that was up at Adobe. And uh, the show that I just hung, and I actually physically did it myself, which I had not done in a while, and that is a lot of work. So that is at the Seattle Design Center in Georgetown. And it is through the Seward Park Clay Studio, which is where I started doing my clay work. Uh, they have a really huge space there, and I am exhibiting with another artist named Katie Krantz, who she does fantastic work. So if you get a chance to check her out, Katie Krantz. Um, and she also does 2D work. She started out as a painter as well and, and then got sick of painting, just like me, and, and moved to sculpture for a period of time. So we're exhibiting together. The title is Symbiosis, and it's all about the back and forth between 2D and 3D, between clay and paint. Um, yeah, it's a fun show, and I'm really excited to share it with people. It's the first time I've ever exhibited my sculptural work, and it was great to be able to organize it in, in the exact way that I wanted it to be presented. So I'm, I'm very happy with the outcome of that. So, Well, and is, is that, first of all, I was going to ask, I mean, is that what you're going to be focusing on at this, this resident that's going up? And then also, um, are there any ones that you've done? I, I think just because especially, you know, you've got so many um, residencies on hand. How, how many would you say that you, you have done? And, you know, are there, are there any that you're um, particularly interested in, in going back to, I mean, obviously this one, I, I think you've done a number of times, but it's interesting the way that you're always in that, that mode where you're able to kind of feed back into your work and then take something out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, actually the one that I'm going to in Iceland in June is one that I've never been to. It's in the Northern part of Iceland and I've, I've never been up there before. Um, but the one that I went to actually three times, three years in a row was the Sim Artist Residency, and that's right in Reykjavik. And, yeah, it's great to go back, and there's always, I don't know, a month is not a very long period of time when it comes to making work, and there are always loose ends and, you know, more things that I want to check out, more things that I want to work on there that, you know, relates to the environment. 
Um, so it, it is nice to be able to go back to the same place too. And also there's a bit of an adjustment period when you do go to a new place, you know, to break a new, a new studio space in, uh, even to just go to the, be able to go to the grocery store and buy groceries. Uh, so, you know, one of the nice things about returning is you don't have to spend that time and energy to figure out, you know, your surroundings. And I'm going back, uh, in November to a residency that I went to in France. I believe that was 2008. It's in the Champagne area of France. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. And there's definitely a lot more that I want to check out in the area. Well, and, and is this also something that you're, this one that's coming up, is it also something that's going to help you in terms of like a, a, you know, like a fall show that you have coming up or anything like that? Or I don't have a fall show coming up. There are some things that I've applied to uh, as far as installation goes. Um, I'm wanting to head more in that direction. And so I have put in some applications things that I'm going to work on. I'm going to do video. I, I, I would like to combine video and installation and, and also my painting. So basically what I'm hoping to do is create backdrops of my work, use my paintings as backdrops, and then have some motion going on. Uh, perhaps I'll make sculptures there with things I find. Um, I like the idea of just uh, going to the beach, picking up random things and painting on them and turning them into something else. No, it seems like it's a, it's a really exciting format to kind of think about the way that you can combine, you know, really all these, you know, modes that you've been working in, you know, at least sometimes, you know, they're combined in, in different ways, but it sounds like there's a, you know, these languages that you've developed in these different media that you can kind of, I don't know, play around with now that you've got, especially this time coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's great to be able to have that freedom too. You know, for a long time, I feel like I just confined myself to painting and identified with myself as a painter, but that's really restrictive. And it's really helpful to be able to go back and forth between different media. It really, I think it opens a lot of doors yeah, it seems to breathe new life into, into even, you know, works that you haven't looked at for a while. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and see different, it, it allows me to see different possibilities uh, in even just previous bodies of work. And so a painting isn't just a painting anymore. It could be an element of something else. Well, excellent. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um, what comes out of it and, uh, you know, especially interested in seeing how some of these videos shake out with, um, you know, some of the other, other pieces. Well, um, you know, it's, it's been great talking to you about your work and, um, you know, is, is there anything else, uh, before we get out of here that you'd uh, like to say or plug or anything? I think that's it. All right. Well, it's uh, great talking to you about your work. And again, thanks for taking the time to, uh, uh, fill me in. Thanks, David. Thanks again to Liz for joining us, and once again, you can check out all of her artwork at LizTran.com, so go ahead and do it. And of course, if you have the opportunity while you're in Seattle, go check out Symbiosis, which is a two-person show featuring the work of Liz and Katie Krantz. The show runs through May 29th and is at the Seward Park Clay Gallery at the Seattle Design Center, so go ahead and check that out. 
As always, if you've never heard of this show before and you want to find out more about me, your host, I invite you to check out my website, davidlinaway.com. And, of course, it's going to be very shortly updated because I've got a show coming up next week, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Just a reminder that if you're new to Studio Break, we have a variety of podcasts that you can check out. Just look to the left under the archive function, go month by month again. We have over 70 podcasts. Again, some of them are longer, some of them shorter. Each of them feature an interview, and you can access that by easily clicking that episode number. Or you can check it out in the iTunes store, search for Studio Break under podcasts, and subscribe there again. We usually have a new podcast that comes out each week, so if you subscribe, it's a very easy way to stay updated. And also, if you listen in the iTunes store, you can leave us some feedback and some comments so that others that listen to Bad at Sports or Art 21 or Sound Opinions can check out new podcasts. It just helps for those that listen to a lot of podcasts. So please leave us some comments and some feedback. Again, check out all the artists that we have on studiobreak.com. Another thing that you can access or at least check out is the free music archive where we get our music for all the episodes. And again, all free music you can download and check it out. Again, all different varieties and genres. Our intro song today was Doug Gillard's Me and the Wind and Taking Us Out is Broke for Free as Colorful as Ever. And you can go check them out at freemusicarchive.org. If I've got you on the hook now with all these podcasts, you can also like us on Facebook and keep up to date with all the things that are going on on Studio Break. Again, we like to provide previews of some of the guests that we have coming up so you can go check out their websites in advance. We have updates from past guests, including show announcements like Liz's and all sorts of good stuff. So like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter at Studio Break. So please be sure and do that, and also please send us some cool stuff on Twitter. We're always looking for new and interesting things to check out, so please feel free to reach out to us. We also remind you that we do have a donate button, so if you're feeling extra generous, you can go ahead and use that. Lastly, we've got a couple of show reminders in the Bloomington, Illinois area. You can check out Emerging Illinois Artists at the McLean County Art Center at 5 o'clock today, Friday, May 3rd. Also opening the same night is Michael Slasky's Loop Cylinder Skewed House, which opens at Heavy Brown May 3rd from 7 to 10 p.m. So go ahead and check that out. Both great spaces, the McLean County Art Center and Heavy Brow. And also next week, we've been plugging it, and Morgan Pierce is going to be appearing on the podcast. We've got Emerge, which is a show that I have opening up at Jam Brand Gallery, and Monkey Business with Morgan Price. Again, two solo shows the same night. May 11th from 7 to 9 o'clock. We hope that you check it out in Bloomington. And, of course, I'm happy to be having Morgan on next week, so we hope that you check out that interview. All right, that's all the show we have for today. We'll talk to you real soon.